Chatting with Sherry is presented by the writers and illustrators of the future. They have been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for their creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Today we're welcoming author Leah Ning. This is a recorded conversation. Uh, she is the winner of the Writers of the Future Award, and uh, it is a really fun chat, so listen in. Hi, Leah. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. I'm glad to have you. Uh, so we are going to be chatting about a lot of things. Um, you're the award winner for uh, Writers and Illustrators of the Future Award, and but you're also an author of other things, so we're going to talk about all that. But first, because we have a lot of writers that listen to the show, can you tell us a little bit about how you started writing? Were you a child? Were you at school? Uh, yeah, so I... I'm sure, like many writers, got a start actually writing fan fiction when I was in, like, middle school and high school. Um, no, I'm not going to tell you my username, but yes, it is still on the internet, and yes, it is very cringy. Um, <laughs> hey, so, that's me too, so don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, so I've got probably, so I've got, like, three or four maybe novella-length fan fictions hanging around on the internet, and then... Um, when I hit college, I kind of took a break just because no time, zero time at all ever again. And I didn't get started when I got out of college either because I got my first job and I was going along trying to, you know, keep my head above the water and survive because, oh God, now I'm an adult in the real world. And so probably there was a good eight year gap in between when I last wrote anything like fictional and when I started writing again um I was I was taking a walk actually with my husband in June and or something like that and I was talking about like man you know what I really should start writing again I miss writing and he looked at me he's like you write (laughs) I was like yeah I mean I used to so I started writing again I was trying to work on a novel and um I probably wrote about 10,000 words, and I had no idea what I was doing, and so I started Googling around and looking into some resources, and all of a sudden on Reddit, on the writing subreddit, I see this person talking about this contest called Writers of the Future. I'm like, Writers of the Future? What the heck is that? So I went and found it, and lo and behold, I was 12 days away from the quarter three deadline for 2019 so I'm like well okay I mean I guess this is what we're doing now I've never written a short story in my life so um I wrote my short story and I submitted it like maybe 10 minutes before the midnight deadline on June 30th and it absolutely got summarily rejected because it deserved it and it was terrible and I have to personally apologize to Carrie English for subjecting her to that um (laughs) so after that one I was like all right now I've got three months to write a short story that's gonna knock some socks off so let me start doing a little bit more research so that at that point I ended up diving into the writers of the future forums and that was probably one of the best 
resources I have encountered for figuring out how to write a short story that's going to win this contest. Um, the people there are super duper nice. Everybody is, like, nobody's there to compete, really. Everybody's kind of there to help each other and try, they're all rooting for each other to win. And, um, the one thread I ended up really sinking my teeth into was Wolf Moon's Super Secrets. And as I was in the middle of writing this story, I found that Super Secret thread, and I read through all of his writing tips, the entire thread, I think it was like 36 pages long at that point, and um, I found all of his writing tips, and then I found all sorts of book recommendations, um, so I go and I read all these books as I'm writing this story, and finally I get to the end. I had read The Super Secrets, I had read um, The Emotional Craft of Fiction, which saved my life, let me just say. <laughs> that one was um, Donald Mass. And uh, I ended up once again submitting my story probably 10 minutes before the midnight deadline on. September 30th or whatever it was does September yeah 30 September has 30 days okay 31 so, is it 30 31 okay 31 okay either way Q4 deadline <laughs> 10 minutes before midnight <laughs> I submit this story the second short story I've ever written and I'm like okay, let's start writing the next one because that one is also going to be summarily rejected. So I'm going along my merry way. I ended up, um, because the fiscal year had ended, Moon, who I know you've interviewed before, started up his new year of super secrets. So you have to go and enroll in the challenge that he does. So I stopped lurking, joined the forum, and was like, hey, can I join your challenge, please? And he was like, Yes, obviously. <laughs> so um, I was hanging around in that challenge. I became kind of the de facto keeper of the lists. And so he had offered to critique a story for me as a thank you for being the de facto keeper of the lists. And as we were working up to where I had finished the story and I was about to give it to him, results started coming out for quarter four. This was on a Saturday, and I remember this very vividly because each and every hour following the first wave of um, results that were coming out on the forum was abject torture. <laughs> <laughs> so Saturday, all these results start pouring out, all the rejections, all the honorable mentions, all the silver honorable mentions, and everybody's chatting and talking about their results, and I'm sitting there like, but I didn't get one what do I do? <laughs> and so a bunch of people were telling me, you know, well, it's either that you got forgotten or you got semi-finalists. And I was like, well, there's no way I got semi-finalists. So there was probably like some quirk with the portal because I submitted so late. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll wait a few days, see what happens. And then I'll shoot an email to Joni Labaki. So... That didn't last very long. I emailed her probably Wednesday night. No, Tuesday night. I emailed her. And then 
Wednesday night, she gives me a call. And I missed it because I was walking my dog. Why would I ever keep my phone on silent when I'm waiting to hear from Jody Lepaki? So uh, I come back inside and I call her back and she's chatting with me. And, you know, she's a super sweetheart. And so she strung me along for probably 10, 15 minutes before she goes, okay, well, you know, I'm really sorry that I had to do it this way, but uh, congratulations, you're a finalist, and also congratulations, you won third place. And I just went, like, total silence because everything that I could have possibly said to her at that moment contained an expletive, and I didn't want her to think I was a monster. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was just like, okay, I have to think of something to say, and the only thing that came out of my mouth was, wow. (laughs) That's about the most original thing I could have possibly said Thanks (laughs) So yeah That's the the whole shebang I guess of how I started writing again Yeah it's weird when you find out You got something you don't expect It's just I remember this totally different It's totally different But my first play that I got cast Outside of school I was mm-hmm. like, I had already been rejected by three different plays that summer. It was my first time auditioning outside of school. So mm-hmm. uh, a couple of them were nice enough to call and tell you, not all of them. And mm-hmm. so this one calls and I said, oh, another rejection. Hi, how are you? Uh-huh, yeah, this is Sherry. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What? Oh, my I, poor person. I think I blew their eardrum. <laughs> So, I mean, it's excusable, but I was so excited. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be in a plane. It's not at school. Yeah! <laughs> it's so cool. It's so cool. And, like, then, of course, you get off the phone and you're like, well, now what do I do with myself? Because I'm certainly not going to live like a normal human being for the rest of the day. Exactly. Like, exactly. I mean, I swear to God, Sherry, I stayed up. I stayed up until probably 4.30 a.m. that night because I simply could not sleep. I mean, I'm pretty sure I went to bed at, like, maybe 2-something because, again, why would I live like a normal human being after that? And then I just laid there for another two hours wondering if that was real. So I kept the email. I kept the voicemail from Joni because I have to listen to it once in a while. I know. And make sure that this isn't, like, a dream or something. I just, it's just one of those things, it's like, uh, I met an actor, and I talked to him, and I got a hug, it was really lovely, not one bloody picture. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you just don't think of it, right? Right, and I'm like, well, my brother was there, and and he has a camera, and I thought, okay, you're meet, Sherry's meeting someone she really likes, and she would like... You know, she admires him, and he's a wonderful actor, and blah, blah, blah. You'd think he'd take a picture. Nope. It's the second time he blew it. The other time was when I was on, I rode an elephant. And it's the only time I'm ever going to be able to do that. And he didn't take the picture. Well, that time he couldn't figure out how my cell phone worked. (laughs) 
So those were the two different times. Never going to happen again, either of them, and no pictorial evidence. I know exactly what you mean. It's I do the same thing every time. It's like, you know, I go do something that I'm super excited about, and I totally would want to document, and no. So I started this, like, wall of encouragement thing, I guess, and every time I get a personal rejection or an acceptance, I just print the email out and stick it on the wall because that's the documentation you get and you don't get to take a picture of an email, I guess. Yeah, I of course not, yeah. I mean, it's just like when I got, uh, I got a lot, uh, when I was young, I tried to do um, write because there was no internet. So you, it was magazines which we're using it's hard now. It was so hard then. I mean, it had a small community. They're very nice. But it was a very oh, yeah. small community of editors. They're all in New York. I live in California. Never going to meet mm-hmm. them. Um, no internet, no emails, none of that. Just letters with self-addressed stamped envelopes. <laughs> I got more <laughs> letters stuffed with my stories back when I finally, finally, finally got accepted for one of the articles that I wrote, it was an article, it wasn't even a story, I was so excited, but I kept every rejection. I still have all the rejections. They're somewhere in my closet. Um, Uh Every rejection I ever still get, um, I I keep. I mean, it's important because um, it's like my dad said, I don't know where he found this quote, but... uh, you're going to get a hundred rejections before you get an acceptance. So, okay. so I, I actually took to counting. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad. It was only seventy-five. But <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> but like, it makes me feel like a crazy person yeah. because I had never submitted anything before besides writers. writers sorry writers of the future and then I got the acceptance the second thing I ever sent out and I was like wait no this is wrong this isn't how it goes stop that everybody to get another 300 rejections everybody's different Leah you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow I mean and, you, and guess what I'm published I, I, I write articles for a local newspaper I write articles for an internet magazine I write Short stories, books, radio plays, and I still get rejections. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you, you Kevin J. Anderson just told us all at Superstars he got accepted at Asimov's for the first time. I'm like, I'm sorry, aren't you the guy that has written like 165 books or something like that, and you just got your first acceptance at Asimov's? It made me feel so much better. Honestly? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got a rejection recently from uh, the Ellery Queen magazine. So yeah. That's just, that's just the way it is. You, your writers get rejected just like actors in every other uh, creative profession. You get rejected. It doesn't matter how long and if you're published and if you're famous, or um, which I'm not, any of those. But, no, I'm published, but I'm not famous. Um, <laughs> but... Um, but it doesn't matter what level you're at. You're going to get rejections. It's just part of the, mm-hmm. it's part of being a writer, part of being a creative. Yeah, and it's 
it's kind of comforting to hear that for new writers to know that even published writers, even famous published writers like Kevin J. Anderson are still getting rejections. Mm-hmm. It's like, you hear a lot of new writers talking about all the rejections they get and how much of a drag it is and how hard it is, and it is, it's true, but you don't really hear that as much from the bigger people that they still get rejected because you're down here wondering, like, well, do you ever get rejected? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's just like... Um J.K. Rowling's book, when she decided to do casual vacancy, she didn't put her own name on it because she wanted to see how she would do not being J.K. Rowling. She hadn't. She, she wanted to start all over again, like with the first Harry Potter, and she got, you know, I mean, got accepted, but it got a lot of both pos- a lot of negative as well as positive reviews. I mean, if you look at it under the original pen name. It was there was a lot of negative. Some people asked, "Do you think you can write?" I mean, really nasty things. Oof. And she's a great writer. Yeah, she is. I mean, if she wasn't, then she wouldn't have made this zillion dollar franchise. Exactly. But here we are. That's like the, that's the whole point. That is the whole subjective. point. Yeah. And it, and that's the big thing. And that's really hard for especially when you're young, to understand um, in your heart. You're, you're, you bleed into your whatever way you write, a uh, computer, mm-hmm. laptop, whatever, have, uh, paper, pen, cell phone, whatever you use. But you bleed into it, basically. It's, that's how hard it is to write. It's a joy. It's fun. It's wonderful. It's tedious. It's hard. It's heartbreaking. It's all of it. That's just being a writer. <laughs> yep, pretty much. And you kind of just have to internalize that they aren't rejecting you as a writer. That story, I mean, you have to believe the rejection letter when it says it's just not for them. Right. Sometimes that's true. I mean, it's not that you didn't write a good story. It's just that it doesn't fit whatever they feel they need for their upcoming issue. And that's okay. It's not you. It's just the fact that you didn't match up at the right time, and that's okay. I mean, it's it's not fun, but it's okay. That's just how it works. You just have to find somebody who's got an opening for your zombie story or your sad time travel story, and they think, oh, okay, well, this is what I was looking for. Perfect. And it's like, I mean, it's just hard to match up like that, you know? And you find out later... they don't know what they want, and they don't know what you're writing, so... And you find out later that there is... Sometimes it's more of a balance. It's not that your story isn't good. It's more of a balance Mm -hmm. for whatever publication it is. So, say you were... uh, There's an anthology, and uh, you're, you're submitting for that anthology, and you've written your story... Now, if the editor's really cool, which some editors are, they'll write, this is a really great story, hold on to it, and I've actually got one like this. This is a really great story, hold on to it, but we have two other stories just like it, and we can only use one. So there's three stories, not, he didn't mean that it was exactly the same, but it was the same theme, the same kind of general feel to it. And and they can't have three stories the same in an anthology. It it would not work. Right. 
And so that's why you get rejected. Now, some people just send that damn form letter. We're sorry, we cannot use your sorry at this time, but please feel free to submit again. And you want to rip it into pieces, but you don't. You fold it up and you put it up and you wait till you get your hundred rejections. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's honestly, that's why I really like Writers of the Future is that you get that sort of tiered rejection system where, like, yeah, you might get the flat R, but also they've got the honorable mention, the silver honorable mention, the semi-finalists, the finalists, so you kind of, as a new writer, that's a hugely invaluable resource in that you submit your stories and basically they will tell you approximately where you're at relative to professional writing that is sellable. And truthfully that's the original reason that I entered the contest was like okay yeah I would love to get the workshop I would love to get the illustration and all, everything like that and now that I've won that is the part that is the biggest deal for me but to me as a new writer knowing that I wasn't at the level where I could sell yet it was super super valuable to be able to know around what level I was at with my writing so like I just basically looked at that contest and was like, oh my god, this is... I mean, you basically from any other market, you only get the form rejection or the acceptance. Sometimes you get the personals, and that's really great, and it's helpful. But with Writers of the Future, it's... I mean, Dave Farland's got all over his blogs. Here is exactly what each of these tiers means for you. And then if you get the semi-finalists, you get like a critique from him and you know exactly what you're doing wrong and exactly how to make it better so stuff like that is super helpful and it's so rare to come across something like that especially as a new writer because you don't know anybody yet yeah yeah actually the nicest rejection letter I ever got was for a play I wrote and mm-hmm. he says I really like the play keep working on it. It's not quite there yet, but it is, it is a really good concept, and I really love the character. I was like, you know, here's this thing that's a rejection. He, they won't be putting it on, but it's like, oh my god, he likes it, though. <laughs> yeah, it makes you feel so good. I mean, it's just having somebody who has the power to buy something from you and publish something from you, tell you, hey, this is a pretty decent sentence or two you've strung together. That's a huge deal. And it, 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 you need that. It doesn't matter where in the writing spectrum you are. And, and I mean, it doesn't matter where. You need to hear everyone's about, you know, that was really good. Just yeah, you need that little pat on the back, just to make you feel mm-hmm. like you're you're doing something. Because your writers are alone ninety nine point nine percent of the time. I mean, really. Yep. I mean, other than working with your editor, you basically are by yourself. That's it. <laughs> and yep. you really need to hear from somebody else that is a professional. Hey that's really good. Let me tell you the parts that are good and let me tell you the parts that won't work. And, you know, this is this is for the people who are the 
I know that you guys don't have a lot of time out there, but just give people hope. <laughs> yeah. It really does. Like, I gotta tell you, one of my favorite editors that I have encountered-ish so far is Charlie over at Fantasy and Science Fiction. That guy gives the nicest rejection I love those. ever. <laughs> They're so nice. They're so like, wonderful. He, ever since I submitted my first story to him, he's always told me, like, hey, I liked this story, but this or that or the other thing. And from him, I have... Basically, from continuously submitting to him, I've been able to learn that my pacing could use work because I've gotten a few different ones where he's said, I felt like your narrative lost tension throughout the middle or momentum throughout the middle. And I'm like, okay, so what you're trying to tell me is keep my attention, dang it. <laughs> yeah, focus. Focus, like, baby, okay, focus. You know, I, can that. I, can, I can work on it. Yeah. I know. It's just, it's so powerful. It really is. It's the best, any editor out there, that is the best thing you can do for your writer. That will make them keep coming back to you with more and more stories. You'll get inundated, but hey, you may get some really good stories just from this positive reinforcement, even though it's very light. Just like it's a couple of sentences, maybe even one sentence, just saying, I really like the concept, or I love the characters. You know, the plot line is okay, but the characters are great. Something! <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the most recent reductions he gave me was literally just, I liked the premise and the quality of the prose, but I thought the narrative lost tension momentum in places, and overall it didn't quite win me over. That's fine. He That's a positive. You like part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Give me more. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> we, we need that. We need it. All writers need it. It's so important. Um, yeah, and... Oh, no, sorry, gonna, go ahead. No, I was going to say, we don't have a lot of time. So, uh, you've already talked about the ceremony, and um, uh, I know they're doing a... Um, they, they've done a postponement for the big prize giving thing and yes. everything. Um, when is the uh, book coming out and, or has it come out already? Yeah, the book came out on April 7th. Um, we can pick it up on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I think there's a couple of other places you can grab it. And I know there's a local bookstore by me called Scrawl, S-C-R-A-W-L that is making it available for um, curbside pickup and home delivery. Um, but yeah, it came out on the 7th and it's been doing really good. Like I've been reading through the Amazon reviews and the Goodreads reviews and they're making me feel very warm and fuzzy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be honest with you. Say the whole uh, title of the book and your full name and the name of your story. Um, the full title of the book is L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future. Um, my full name, as it appears in the book, is Leah Ning, um, and the title of my story is Yellow and Pink. And which book number is it? Because there's lots and lots. Oh, I'm sorry. It was volume 36. Very good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think I would know the title of my own book, but, like, no. <laughs> okay. And, um... Uh, for people who'd like to get in touch with you, do you have a website and, and the handles of any of the social media you're on? Yeah, so I have a website. It's 
leahning.com, L-E-A-H-N-I-N-G.com. And I also have a Twitter, which is also Leah Ning, spelled just the same way. Um, I do hang around on Facebook some, but you're probably not going to get a hold of me as much on there. I kind of lurk, but that's about it. And um, do you have any kind of online events that are coming up that you're going to be taking part in? Uh, Not yet, but we are trying to set up something with that local bookstore that I mentioned. We're trying to get a hold of them and see, because I know they do some Zoom events, so we'll see if that happens. And I usually post about any events that are going to happen on both Facebook and Twitter. Okay, great. Um, Thank you for being on the show, Leah. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much again. Thank you, and thank you for chatting with Sherry. Thank you.